Hi, welcome to Shrinkwrapped. I'm Allison Colarossi here with Dr. David Colarossi, and we are back from a four-week hiatus. I know, we, we were slipping. We David's been traveling for work, and to be honest, I just didn't want to do my hair. That's the, that is the real reason. That's the <laughs> truth. Is I'm always like, do you want to do a shrink wrap? She's like, I, I'm not doing my hair tonight, so, so no shrink wrap. I think but your hair looks beautiful tonight. Thank you. I half did it for this. It looks like it was, looks like it was full done. I don't know, ladies. If if have you ever heard of the Dyson Air Wrap? It's amazing. Anyway, we're gonna start today with um, some listener questions. Um, so we're we're trying to evolve this the, the this podcast. So what we're gonna do is try and get listener questions. So I put a post out on YouTube. I did not get a ton of re- replies. I got a couple of replies and then some direct messages. Um, but if you have questions for us that you want us to answer shoot me and you can send me an email you can send it to me on instagram or you can post it right on to youtube and we'll uh, answer them here and you can do the same on my platforms as well yeah do you are you do you want to talk about your platforms you can do it on our um instagram or facebook what's your what's your handle i don't know Else in the social media guru, also she's like, "What about my platform?" I'm like, well, yeah, of course. Are you trying to? Are you going to create a platform? Anyway, let's start with the first question. <laughs> Maybe stick to mine because I think it gets checked more. <laughs> All right, okay. This comes from Stacy Stacy Bobasi, and this was she posted it literally a month ago, and we've that's how delayed we are. Okay. All right, sorry, Stacy. All right, Allison touched on my main question a few weeks ago, but I'm wondering if you guys could talk more about friendships. Uh, leaving friendships when it's time to, and then building new friendships. I made the sad choice to cut a lot of friends out of my life because of 2020, and the events each month seemed to bring, uh, highlighted some wild behavior I hadn't seen in them before. It seemed like, it seems like this is the kind of social phenomenon amongst a lot of my peers, 30 to 40-somethings. My whole social life changed. I went from a big group of good friends, and now there's three of us by choice. So it's not a sad choice, but it hurts nonetheless because everything will be different now. How do we know if we made the right choice in leaving the friendships? How do I explain to my kids that we no longer visit our fun friends for outings because our life choices no longer align? Mm-hmm. That's interesting. I feel like it goes back to um, your assessment on how like, we are in a global trauma. Yeah. And so, like, it sounds like she, how what she did was she decided, like, what Stacey Bobasi did was that she decided, like, certain things were important to her. And so, like, if she saw her friends engaging in behavior outside of those values during this year, she cut them off. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean that that's forever. And you, if, if for some reason you might have been um, a little too uptight about it. <laughs> I don't feel like you had to break up with your friends if they were different than you. If they had a different of a... That's the problem is, like, I feel like (laughs) people... Why do you have to take a sip right then when I was looking at you? No, No, I just feel like people... I just uh, say we we got one person that reached out to us on YouTube and you called them uptight. Stacy, let us, we're going to re, Allison's going to regroup and let's try it a different set. Okay, different can way. we start? No, on? no, no, come on, keep going. Okay. Um, so, Stacy, you know what? I think that well, as the psychological assessments have shown, 
based on David's team, that um, we have all been in like this global trauma. And so we all react differently. So where you felt like you could control your environment um, by getting rid of certain friends, that's how you dealt with the trauma. But I don't feel like you have to stay, you don't have to break up with them forever. And like you can just understand that they dealt with a similar trauma. They just dealt with it differently than you did. Yeah, I think that the I think the challenge of 2020 is that for the first time, at least in my life, at least that I'm aware of, is we started conflating um, personal personal uh, values or, or our political beliefs have never been more conflated. I think with um, are you a good person or a bad person? And it's, it, I think that that's a major flaw in our thinking. And so I don't say, say, I don't know what your friends did or didn't do, you know, so I'm sort of jumping to conclusions here, but assuming it's that, you know, they voted different than you or, or viewed whatever regulations different than you. I, like, I do think it's a miss if we throw them out of our lives because they're, they're bad people now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I think that we should be able to have different, I mean, the big, the big flaw or the big problem with 2020 is that we all stopped being able to have dif- disagreements without it getting personal. And so, you know, my thought is maybe in 2020, because yes, we were all going like from a, what Allison's referring to is there's a lot of data showing that our ability to be resilient uh, has diminished greatly since about April. Um, to the point that from like a, when we're evaluating people for jobs, we no longer test for resiliency because no one is resilient. So it was like we are collectively dealing with trauma. And when people are being traumatized, they, 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 they scramble and they go to what feels the most protective, the most safe. And I think in a lot of ways we've done that as far as our, our values. Like if you don't believe with me, if you don't believe what I believe, you're not with me and something's wrong with you. Mm-hmm. And that thinking has divided a lot of relationships. Uh, I, I mean, that is spot on. I so, think, I mean, just like the politically, you, there's no discourse anymore. It's zero, either you're I've on never, one side or the other. Yeah, I've never had it where it, like, I like debate. This is the first year where I have felt like it's not fun to debate because it, it, it goes immediately to not only are you wrong, but you're stupid and you're morally broken. I mean, mm-hmm. I feel like that's the progression and I think that's a miss. So what I would say, Stacey, I don't I mean, again, I don't know what your mm-hmm. friends did, but I would give yourself the permission to, you know, give yourself an off ramp. If in a year you're not as frustrated with them and you want to resume that relationship, don't feel like you have to stick to your guns. I think it felt, it probably felt right in the moment to reduce your friend group to the three, but there might be a time when you want to resume the old relationships. Well, and, 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 and Stacey, I would caution you because even if like the three of you at one point decided that you guys were going to be in each other's bubble, but now like you're ready to expand that, but they aren't, I don't, I feel like it's okay for you to think differently about it. Then yeah, you don't have to stay in with the same two other people or you don't have to have the same opinion as them because Mm -hmm. again, like everyone deals with this differently. So um, I like the off-ramp idea, and if for some reason you feel like you damaged a relationship, I feel like a, a good, authentic apology always helps. Like, yeah. hey, I missed you. I'm sorry. Like, 2020 sucked. Mm-hmm. I miss you, mostly. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, I hope that helps, Stacy. I think that was, yeah, besides us calling her up tight, I think we did a really good job on our first... Yeah, sorry. Listener question. Okay, next question. (laughs)
<laughs> That's, that was the only question I have on my phone. The other question came from Chris Leeper, who was asking about, do you know what stereotype, and I don't have the specific question here, but do you know, have you heard of stereotype threat? No. Stereotype threat is the, it's the idea that, not the, not, I mean, it's not, even, it's not an idea or a theory, it's the truth that um, our, our societal beliefs about performance actually uh, influence how people actually perform. So if there is a stereotype about some about for example women not being good at math and you give a female a math test she's going to score she's not going to perform well on that math test in many re, in many ways because of the stereotype because she has in the back of her mind women aren't good at math tests and the way that they've tested this tested this is they've given math tests to women and said here's a math test take it let's see how you perform and then used the same math test and said, this test is tailored for women. See how you perform. And when you put the caveat there that it's tailored for you, and all of a sudden the stereotype goes away, the performance mm. accelerates. I mean, I feel like that's a new term for self-fulfilling prophecy. It's been around for a while. Really? Stereotype threat? Yeah. I don't like it. Why? I don't know. It doesn't, to me, it doesn't make sense. Self-fulfilling prophecy does. But I do feel like that stuff, I mean. But it's the, but the self-fulfilling prophecy suggests that the, indiv- that the, that the, that the, in this case, the woman is walking into the test saying, I'm going to do bad on this test. Which is or someone than, else told them that. And so then they do bad on the test. So then it's not self-fulfilling. It's a fulfilling prophecy. <laughs> but wait, what's it's a, the stereotype. So, so for example, if the, you can think of any stereotype, the idea that knowing that that stereotype exists creates more anxiety heading into whatever measure of performance there is and changes the way you actually behave. Well, yeah, duh, but like that's known, isn't it? My bad. What's the Some question? Researcher Cole Rossi? No, I mean, I feel like, okay, I just heard like a whole lecture. I was on a women's leadership call for work and about like all the microaggressions women have gotten that... I mean, anyway, what's the question? So his question was about members of different minority groups. How do we, how are we evaluating performance academically? Like at what age does stereotype threat start to influence performance? And what's the impact on a middle schooler or high schooler that's trying to make, make their Mm. way through? Like how early on does that happen? And my answer, my answer to that is I think super early on, as soon as you are aware of the stereotype, I think it changes your behavior. Mm-hmm. What do I you think? I think so, yeah. So what's the question? I guess another question would be, what do we do about it? In a perfect world, how would you protect against that? I don't know. I think, like, I really feel until my 30s, I didn't even... I remember being told, like, women aren't as good at math as men. I remember that. Yeah. Now and then, like now, I'm going back to that time of my life. Like, why were they telling us that? You know. So it is very. I don't know what you do about it, but like, it's sad that I've just realized it at 30. And how it's how those little those little microaggressions probably shaped my life so much. Yeah, I mean, they they could have shaped the way you see. Like, yourself. you should be you should be a mom. Like, you're going to be a mom, so you need a a job that's flexible. Like, I, th- that was ingrained since junior high, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm sure you weren't told that at all. That I need a job that's flexible? For a family? Yeah, sure I was. 
No, you were not. You were not. Okay, we're talking about stereotypes, but I don't know why we needed. Why we? I feel like we're also the the conversation shifted to chastising me. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that, but hopefully we just stop doing that. Like everyone, we want everyone to live up to their full potential. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, academically, I don't know. <clears throat> like you know. Well, I think that we probably have to be intentional about the material that we share, like the, the, the material and the tools that we are using early on and make sure that there's as much bias eliminated as possible. And then we probably be more intentional about like the examples we use in class and make sure that as, as early on, you know, I, I am vehemently against uh, artificially changing outcomes, but I think as much as we can be uh, intentional in how we teach so that the outcomes are more equal, I think that's really powerful probably early on like I would say even starting like in first grade you want people to be finding success and and tailoring the material so that it's at least balanced so that everybody has an even crack at it Mm -hmm. you know yeah I do think that's important all right that didn't make very fun you you seem less energized by that topic let's talk about Prince Harry and Meghan Markle Mm. I didn't even think I was into it but I Really, I watched the interview with you, and I was, sh- <laughs> I was shocked about it. What? So say, what did you? What did you think? Well, well first of all, Allison didn't want. I was like, I'm going to do a YouTube video on this. I'm going to watch this video, and Allison's like, okay, I like, I don't care at all. And like, you were enraptured, and you happened, which I didn't realize, you're like a history buff for the for the crown, or because of the crown, you were a history buff. No, I'm I'm pre crown history buff. Like, I just love. Anything with royalty and crowns and jewels. And I, I, I was a big Philippa Gregory and, fan. And, and, costume, and costumes. And costumes. Okay. All right. What would you think of Megan? Okay. So I have been out of like the whole, I, I just didn't, uh, I've been out of the whole royalty scene drama. So I didn't understand any of the stuff that was happening to them. And I wasn't paying attention to it. So I like, I like pre-Kate. And Meghan Markle drama. Um, I, d- I didn't know really anything that happened with after Kate and, and them. So, so when they left, I thought that was interesting. Wait, out Dish on what you think of Meghan? I don't know what you're talking about. What do you think of Meghan? To me, it was like the weirdest interview I've ever seen. She To me, it was just like, it seemed, as you say, performative. It didn't seem like a real person was um, really sharing her concerns. I guess. Okay, I'm gonna. I, f- I feel like you're hedging. She did not like Megan. Why are you saying you, that? You, I you you the whole time we were watching. You did not. I did not feel like you were bought into Megan's story. Because I didn't. I don't like when people like throw people under the bus, and then like and then just act too big to do it. Like she threw Kate under the bus, and then was like, well. I mean, I'm not really going to go there. I'm not going to tell you what really happened because yeah. I'm protecting Kate. But it was Kate who did it. And I was like, yeah. kind of like, that's weird to throw someone under the bus and then not tell the story. Or to be like, I had mental health concerns and I went to leadership and no one did anything. And then Oprah was like, you went to leadership and no one did anything. And she's like, well, Harry did. And then Harry gets on and he's like, no, I didn't. And so I didn't like that either because I felt like there mm-hmm. were some inconsistencies in the story. Mm-hmm. I I do want to 
say though that she's an impressive woman yeah Meghan markle and i do think that like i think one of your analyses was that like how do you put someone that's so impressive in yeah, such a, bad, a in yeah. a role like that where she you know basically is told what to do all the time like that seems so i i think it was important that they got out i just don't like the way that it went down i feel like calling calling them racist but not calling who like makes everybody wonder you yeah, know? I thought. Yeah, that's the. Like, just the pro- say here's it the all. problem: is I would like to just go on and, like, like because I didn't, I did not like her presence on it. Like the, like the way she spoke and the, like her just her affect and stylistically, I didn't like it. And she was lev- like lobby or um, she was making some really sig- significant claims against. The royal family, and if those are true, then it's like, oh my god, we should support her, and it's atrocious, right? Like if, if racism was so, it's but it's interesting. So I posted that video, and I'm, the amount of first of all, I am ignorant, and everybody tells me how ignorant I am on both sides. Like people that are pro Megan, I'm ignorant, and people that are pro the crown, I'm ignorant. I Either would, way, I'd agree with that. You just just <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, so so I feel like we have to put the racism thing on aside because I don't know. If it's true or not, but it sounds, it's it, she's saying it's true. I sort of feel like we have to believe her. But I agree with you. I didn't like how she m- discussed it. Like, well, it, if it's a tell-all, then tell all. Yeah, don't tell just all. tell stuff to make you look good. That bugs. Yeah, like I want to know what you did that was wrong, Megan, because I'm sure you weren't perfect, and I'm sure none. Like, I think it's probably hard to be like. I'm sure there's like swirls of stuff happening yeah. in in there, but I. Um, I, I'm like, if you're going to tell all, tell all. Like, don't just, like, no one can fight back with you, you know? And the one thing Especially that, when you got Oprah on your side. Yeah, and the idea, just as a side note, the idea that Oprah, at the beginning, Oprah's like, and you have no idea what questions I'm going to ask. She's like, yeah, we have no idea. I don't believe that for a second. There's no way Oprah wasn't prepped, or that, I mean, Megan wasn't prepped for the questions. Well, of course, she, she no may way. not have been prepped, but she, like, already knew what she was going to say. For sure. And just as, I, one thing I haven't complained about, but, like, the more I think about it, it drives me nuts. <laughs> so, they don't feel like they're being supported by the royal family. First of all, they go, we're going to move to Canada to get away, because we feel unsafe or whatever. We're going to move to Canada. So, they go to Canada, and I can imagine, and they, they write a note to the queen or whatever and say to the queen, hey, we'd like to still like get paid as part of the royal family and get the security as part of the royal family but we just want to sort of do it when it's convenient for us we don't want to be all in so i can imagine the queen or whoever saying no thank you and it would and then they were like well now everybody knows where we are so we have to move and we want to get out of we want to get away from the spotlight and we don't want the paparazzi and we really want security like at the end of the day we just want security so where do you go if you don't want to be in the spotlight and you don't want any paparazzi <laughs> and you just really want to work on your nuclear family and just being parents. And you don't, you want to bring up a kid in a normal life. A normal life. And you, yeah, you just want to <laughs> be as, other safe, super as rich safe people. and secure as possible. <laughs> I know Los Angeles. That's right. So it's a little bit like, this feels like, kind of like it's Megan's dream here. Why are we going to, you could go literally anywhere would be better than Los Angeles. I, well, that is really funny, but I do. And, and I think it's probably because their social circle is like all famous people. Yeah. So they want to be with their friends. Yeah. I mean, it was, I mean, it was interesting. It's entertaining. 
Wouldn't you love to get like Prince William's like true reaction to that when he watched that video? I bet you he is outraged. No, I actually feel so sad because like they are our age and we grew up with them and they were like besties, like our little boys. To me, it is so devastating. Um, like even even Harry was like, yeah, my relationship with my brother is not good right now. And I was like, oh, yeah. like that's hard. That's a better and response than outrage. But I would, I bet you, I'm maybe you're probably right. Like he should be sad. Is probably the right reaction. Well, and like I feel like when you have kids and stuff, being with family is good. Like it, it would be good. And you know, I, you know, like I, I don't know. I just, I hope that um, they are able to repair it. And I hope, you know. It's just really sad. The whole thing is sad because I'm sure that they did feel there's a reason they left. You know, something was going bad. I think the media was mean to Megan. You know, they have to have someone they, like, from what I understand from the comments in your YouTube, is that, like, people were super mean to Megan and, like, Kate was the yeah the favorite. Yeah. Um, but, I mean... I mean, yeah, I think it, so it sounds like it was over the top. What do you think about, uh, do you, what do you think about the idea that Harry is um, projecting or, or, or protecting his mother by, project, by uh, taking care of Megan? Like how, how much of that dynamic do you think is true? I, would, I could see it because I think that, like, he was, I, you know, like, Diana from the beginning like, was tormented in her relationship with Charles. And, like, the family did nothing to protect his mother. So, I mean, I'm sure his mom had other... I mean, she was 19 when she married Charles and now had all kinds of things with eating disorders and depression and stuff. And I bet he really feels like his Wait, mother... Wait, sorry, who had what? Diana. Had eating disorders and depression? Severe bulimia. Oh, I didn't know that. Sorry, I'm not... Okay, my bad. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And so I think there is some of that. But is it, I guess my question is, and, and I, I don't really know where I fall on it, but is certainly he is saying, I saw this happen to my mom, it's not going to happen to my wife, and so I'm moving out. Yeah. He's, he is clearly articulating that, I guess. Although I think the media loved Diana. The family did not, but mm -hmm. the media loved Diana. So there is a difference if that's the case. Like, like the media was not loving Megan, apparently, is what they the, what they were saying. I I didn't ever see. So I just don't have the insight into what happened with Diana or what happened to Megan to know is that a narrative that Megan and Harry are using to explain their decision. Like, are they are they using that to say here's why we're doing it, or is that really how? Like, is he really having that uh, protective instinct? I can't tell if it's what's real and what's not real. It, intellectually, it makes sense that he's protecting his mom by protecting Megan, right? I mean, he is definitely all in on protecting her, and I think in many ways doing the right thing. But I wonder, like, if I were his coach or therapist, that's what I'd be trying to figure out is what's really going on inside of him. Is he doing what he intellectually thinks is the right thing? Is he reacting based off of what he emotionally thinks is the right thing? Is he begrudging the move like I wonder where do you think he falls 
So if I was honest about what I really think, okay, so I That's feel what like I was trying to get you to do. Yeah, do, I'm gonna do. be honest. I this is just Allison listening to an interview with no background information, but I feel like, and I I do not know Harry or William, but like watching them grow up, like they're besties. My concern for the making Meghan Markle saga is that um, that like right now it seems like the right thing to do. But, like, long-term, I'm worried that he will resent her for it because he is close to his family, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, like, being isolated from your family, uh, I don't think ever... I don't think it helps strengthen a relationship. Is If you're close to your family. Yeah. It's almost like a weird, abusive um, situation. What do you mean? Like... Uh, abusers make well you could talk about this but like abusers will make people isolate themselves from other people so you feel like i guess i'm trying to figure out you think the family was abusing him and so now no it's no himself? i'm thinking that like the either it's like a weird codependence or like megan markle is forcing him to isolate from his family um and right now it seems oh. okay but i worry in the future that that could be catastrophic. Yeah, that's what I... I that's my honest opinion. Hopefully not, hopefully not, but there's definitely a part of me that feels like he's made majors... I hope that Megan is being totally... If, if Megan is telling the truth across the board, then I think there was good reason for them to leave, and I think that Harry did the right thing, and he's going to feel good about that. If he turns to her in five years and starts thinking back and going, 